is such a privilege to be here sharing with you. Um, a couple of people have asked me whether I'm nervous to be preaching tonight. I'm not nervous to be preaching. I am nervous about needing to stand here for 30 minutes without going for a wee. That's what I'm nervous about. Um, so we'll see, if I, we'll see if I can last the pace, last the pace. I promise I'll go to the toilet if I do, don't worry. Um, I, I'm going to be sharing a little bit with us tonight about the Bible in community. Um, we're going through a series called Family Values, where we're exploring different values that are important to our church community and our church family. And it is a privilege to be sharing on reading the Bible in community this evening. Um, so if you want to turn with me to Psalm 119, that would be wonderful. And it should appear on the screen behind me. So Psalm 119, verses 89 to 96. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Hallelujah. Isn't that just beautiful? Absolutely beautiful. The whole of Psalm 119 is just an absolute joy to read. It's 176 verses long. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And it is just entirely adoration of God's word. And it's absolutely incredible to read. I wondered about reading the entire thing this evening, but I thought that might be go on a little while. So I'd encourage you to do that in your own time. Um, and I, I really would because it's quite an incredible piece of writing. Um, where I want us to start tonight is to think this psalmist clearly, probably David, clearly was just in love with God's word. And as a starting point tonight, I want us to think for a couple of minutes, where are you at with God's word tonight? Do you read the Bible? If you do, why? If you don't, why? What is your relationship with the Bible like at the moment? So take a couple of minutes, the person sat next to you, somebody sat near you. What's your relationship with the Bible like at the moment? Well, I hope that we're having some, some helpful conversations there. Um, I think it's absolutely fascinating to learn from other people's rhythms with the Bible. Um, so I'd really encourage you to continue those conversations later. Um, I also want to say that almost certainly we're going to have a real range of attitudes to the Bible in this room. Some people, I'm sure they are just constantly reading it. They've got all the ticks on the Bible app and they're just absolutely bawling. I'm sure some people are at a different end of the spectrum. And I just want to say that there is absolute grace 
absolute grace. So please don't feel guilty about your rhythms with your Bible reading. But I really hope that over the course of this evening that you'll have a desire that is growing whatever you've been at at the start of the evening. I pray that by the end of tonight you will have a greater desire to engage in God's word. That is my prayer. But we've spoken about where we're maybe at individually and as part of this community in relation to Bible reading. But I think it is so important to just to realise and to remember that we are still a very small proportion of the world, certainly of Sheffield and of our community in terms of our local community. And I think that sometimes it can become quite insular when you're in church and you're with Christians a lot. So what I found really fascinating to do was to see what do people who aren't Christians or who don't go to church, what do they think about the Bible? And it was an absolutely fascinating exercise for me as I was doing a bit of research. I came across a few surveys that show that suggested what people who aren't Christians think about the Bible. So I know you've just spoken to your friend. I'm going to put you straight back in. Um, what do you think the perception is of the Bible from those who aren't Christians? So I'll give you, I'll give you some of the answers from that survey, but people who aren't Christians, what do they think of the Bible? Two minutes. I'm glad that it sounds like there's some good chat going on in the room. Um, if I'd have been really committed to this, I could have done one of these two things. One, I could have just gone out around the streets of Crooks and asked random people about the Bible. I toyed with it, but I absolutely bottled it. I'm just kind of confessing that now. Um, secondly, the other thing that I should have done if I was really committed was done a family fortune style top answers. Of, but uh, I'm just even more of a letdown. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Although family fortunes did go down an absolute treat at the NASA Christmas party with some of the older members of this congregation. It was a beautiful time. It was a beautiful time. Um, but you've probably had some suggestions for what people think about the Bible if they're not Christians. Um, anyone who's particularly interested in this, I'll happily send you a link to the survey that I was looking at, but I'm just going to go over the top answers now. Um, so there were a couple of positive responses that quite a lot of people got, because I've written down the top five words. So four and five were guidance and wisdom which I think was quite a positive thing because there's clearly some level of appetite around us or some respect for the Bible, seeing that actually that book has something worth, worth recognising, worth listening to. Numbers two and three were confusing and boring. You might have suggested those in your conversations either for what you think, there's no shame in that, or for what other people thought. But what I really want to drive into is that the top answer, as my good friend Sam Watson called correctly, is outdated. Outdated. Can I get a show of hands? Did people think that was something that might have been suggested? Quite a lot of suggestions for that. Leah looks very proud of herself. Well done. Well, I'm, prou I'm proud of you too. I'm proud of you too. Um, but outdated was the most common answer to that question of what do you think about the Bible? Outdated. Um, and to be honest with you, reading that, it absolutely broke my heart. I wasn't surprised, but it did just deeply sadden me. Because as we've read in the passage of Psalm that we've just looked at, in verse 89, it says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. 
And yet you've got so many people believing that this book is outdated. One of the things that I love about the Bible is the consistency across hundreds of years, so many writers, yet so many things appear consistent. And when I was looking at this psalm again for this preach, in verse 89 where it says, your word, Lord, is eternal, it made me think of the words that Jesus speaks hundreds of years later, where he says, though heaven and earth may pass away, my words will never pass away. They're the words of Jesus. My words will never pass away. So we've got the Bible saying that God's word is eternal. Jesus says that his words will never pass away. And yet society, this community that we're part of at a bigger scale, is saying that the Bible is outdated. And that absolutely breaks my heart. And that's what I want us to drill into a little bit this evening, is how have we ended up in a situation where society thinks that this book is outdated? And I want us to really think about how, as a community, can we engage with the Bible in such a way that shows that this book is not outdated, but that your word, Lord, stands firm in the heavens. Your word is eternal. So that's what I'm going to be trying to get at over the next little while. So the question is, how do we show, firstly, each other, and then, as a result, our society, that God's word is eternal? Well, I was thinking about this, and I was praying about this, and I felt really drawn to a verse in Hebrews, which is so close to my heart. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 where it says the word of God is living and active. The word of God is living and active. This was yet another thing which just broke my heart because people are saying this book is outdated. And yet the Bible says it is living and active. But what does it mean that this book is living and active? Well, for this book to be living must mean that it it does something. It must Do something. And for this book to be active, well, actually, if you look a bit more into the word that's been translated to active, in most other places, it's translated as effective, as powerful, normally effective, sometimes powerful. And I just love that because the word of God is living and effective. It must be doing something and it does it well. So what does the Bible do? Well, I think from what is so clear from just reading the Bible and engaging in it is that the Bible changes us. The Bible changes us. Jesus says it himself in John chapter 17. There's a beautiful, oh, it's, it's just sublime, where Jesus is praying to the Father. Not only is Jesus praying, but he's praying for us. So if you've never read John 17, you should read it because it's Jesus praying for us, his followers of the future. And in that, he says, sanctify me by the truth, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus prays that we will be sanctified by the truth. To be sanctified is to be made holy, to be made pure, to be made more like Jesus himself. So Jesus' prayer is that through the Bible, through this truth, we will be made more like Jesus. 
And this is something which I think we are quite quick to forget. I know that I certainly am. And I'll come on to that in a few minutes with a bit of personal testimony about this. But this is what, if anything, I really want to be our major takeaway from tonight. That as we engage in God's word, we should expect to be changed. We should expect to be changed. So what does that change look like? There are three things I've gone for that I think can really show that God's word is changing us. Things we should expect as we read it. The first one is that as we read God's word, it should make us more hungry for God's word. And this can seem like a paradox, and I think it's a paradox across the Christian faith, because we believe that Jesus is the only one, the only thing that can ever satisfy is this relationship with God. And yet, as it satisfies us, it makes us more hungry. The more that we see God's goodness and his faithfulness, the more we long for it, the more we long to pursue our Father. And it's the same with God's word. The more we engage in it, the more it feeds us, the more we long to read it. And that is such a glorious thing. And it's something that I've experienced in my own life. That the more you read it, the more you want to read it. My personal experience with the Bible has been exactly that. Up until a couple of years ago, I, I would read the Bible. By the grace of God, I would read it. But I would genuinely read it on the back of a conversation with other Christians where they were talking about something in the Bible where I was smiling and nodding, not having the faintest idea what they were on about. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but that was generally the cause of most of my Bible reading. It was a bit of guilt, and it was also, on, on my better days, it was a genuine desire to know God more, to know more about God, to know more about the Bible. That was the cause of most of my Bible reading. But a couple of years ago, the Lord gave me this realisation that I was not treating the Bible with the power that it is designed to come with. The Lord revealed to me that God's word is a living and active word. And that as I read it, I should expect to be changed, to be made like him. And that is what has happened over the last couple of years, that as I've truly come to this book with a soft heart, expecting it to change me, I've just grown more hungry for Jesus and parts of my life which I used to struggle with have changed and they have gone because of the time that I've engaged in this word. Now I am so, so far from being the finished article. So far. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. But I'm better than I was because of the time that I've spent in his word and that is what it is all about. So that's the first thing. We can recognise the change that the Bible causes in us because it makes us more hungry for the Lord. The second thing which is similar to that is that as we engage in God's word, we will not let it just be something passive, but it will affect what we do. James talks about this brilliantly. The book of James is just phenomenal. It's actually really funny. Um, he's got such a glorious way of writing. But he talks beautifully about not just being hearers of the word, but being, but being doers also. And he draws this brilliant analogy where he says that if you just read it or if you just hear it, but you don't do anything about it, you're like somebody who looks in a mirror and as soon as they come away from the mirror, they've forgotten what they look like. It's such a powerful analogy that if we are to read God's word, 
but without allowing it to affect our lives, we are so limiting the effect that this book can have. We must come with a soft heart. So as we engage in the Bible, it makes us more hungry. It should make us doers of the word. And thirdly, and this is what I find so exciting, that the more that we engage with God's word, the more we see it as a living and active book, I believe it will transform our communities. It will absolutely transform our communities because as on an individual level, we engage with it and we see how it changes us, we will have testimonies to share about the power of God's word. And as we share that with each other in this community and we encourage each other to read God's word, it is only natural that when we step out of this building, when we step out of the church in whatever form, we will be displaying God's word wherever we go. It will transform our communities when we expect God's word to change us. And that is such an exciting thing to me. So that is my hope and my prayer for us as a community. And by community, that can be you with a friend, that could be your small group, whatever it is, is that we will experience transformation as we see that the Bible is living, it is effective, and that it changes us to be more like Jesus. I was reading a book a couple of a couple of days ago I say reading a book it's a picture book I've got no shame I've got no shame um and I meant to bring it with me I haven't got it but it is only next door so if anyone wants it I can go nab it um this book <laughs> this book is um it's what's it called comedy wildlife photos 2023 it's basically photographs of bears looking stupid that's what it is right and I've got no shame it makes me laugh I think that's funny it brought such joy to me uh, it's I, I don't think it is embarrassing I'm going to embrace it but I was um would you believe it that God taught me something through that book isn't that brilliant that I was I was reading the introduction to this book and the last line of this introduction as it was leading into these photos, it said, enjoy, laugh, smile, cry if you must, and ultimately spread the word. And as I was reading this, about to, just because I wanted to look at some photos of, I don't know, monkeys hanging upside down. Well, that's what monkeys do. That's not funny, is it? Anyway, um, <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord whispered to me. It was nothing intense. It was nothing. The Lord whispered to me. He says, that is how you are to read my word. Enjoy, laugh, smile, cry if you must, and ultimately spread the word. So I hope that that provides some inspiration, some hope. If it doesn't and you just want to see the photos, let me know. I can give you the book. That's not a problem. Enjoy, laugh, smile, cry if you must, and ultimately spread the word. Spread God's word because it will transform our communities. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, thank you that you are good. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is living, it is active, it is effective, it is powerful. Lord, help us to come to your word with soft hearts, with open hearts, expecting it to change us. Because, Lord, you long for us to be more like you so that we may experience this life in fullness. 
So Lord, grow in our hearts a desire for your word and lead us deeper into your love, I pray. Amen.